0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Covenant and Conversation with me, Rabbi Sachs. In each new episode, we'll explore a Jewish idea from the Hebrew Bible based on the Torah reading of the week. Hazenu, let my teaching drop as rain. In the glorious song with which Moses addresses the congregation, he invites the people to think of the tarot, their covenant with God, as if it were like the rain that waters the ground so that it brings forth its produce. Let my teaching drop as rain. My words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. God's word, in other words, is like rain in a dry land. It brings life. It makes things grow. There's much we can do of our own accord. We can plough the earth and plant the seeds. But in the end, our successes depend on something beyond our control. If no rain falls, there'll be no harvest. Whatever preparations we make, so it is with Israel. It must never be tempted into the hubris of saying, yadi, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me the sages however sense something more in the analogy listen to how the sifrei which is a mishneh period commentary on uh, beramidban devarim actually puts it let my teaching drop as rain Just as the rain is one thing, yet it falls on trees, enabling each to produce tasty fruit according to the kind of tree it is. The vine in its way, the olive tree in its way, and the date palm in its way, so the Torah is one. Yet its words yield scripture, mishnah, laws, and law, like showers on new grass. Just as showers fall upon plants and make them grow, some green, some red, some black, some white, so the words of Torah produce teachers, worthy individuals, sages, the righteous, and the pious. That's the Sifrei. There's only one Torah, yet it has multiple effects. It gives rise to different kinds of teaching, different sorts of virtue. The Torah is sometimes seen by its critics as overly prescriptive, as if it sought to make everyone the same. The Midrash argues precisely otherwise. The Torah is compared to rain precisely to emphasize that its most important effect is to make each of us grow into what we could become. We are not all the same, nor does the Torah seek uniformity. As a famous Mishnah puts it, when human beings make many coins from the same mint, they're all the same. God makes everyone in the same image, his image, yet none is the same. As another, this emphasis on difference is a recurring theme in Judaism. For instance, when Moses asks God to appoint his successor, he uses an unusual phrase: "May the Lord." God of the spirits of all humankind appoint a man over the community. On this, Rashi comments, Why is this expression, God of the spirits of all flesh, used? Moses said to him, Lord of the universe, You know each person's character, and that no two people are alike. Therefore appoint a leader for them, who will bear with each person according to his or her disposition. One of the fundamental requirements of a leader in Judaism is that he or she is able to respect the differences between human beings. It's a point emphasized by Maimonides in the Guide for the Perplexed. He says, man is, as you know, the highest form of creation and he therefore includes the largest number of constituent elements. That's why the human race contains so great a variety of individuals that we can't discover two persons exactly alike in any moral quality or in external appearance. This great variety and the necessity of social life are essential elements in man's nature. But the well-being of society demands that there should be a leader able to regulate the actions of man. He must complete every shortcoming, remove every excess and prescribe for the conduct of all, so that the natural variety should be counterbalanced by the uniformity of legislation so that social order be well established. The political problem, as Maimonides sees it, is how to regulate the affairs of human beings in such a way as to respect their individuality while not creating chaos. A similar point emerges from a surprising rabbinic teaching. Our rabbis rabbis taught, if you see a crowd of Israelites, you say, Baruch hacham razim, blessed be he who discerns secrets, because the mind of each is different from that of another, just as the face of each is different from another. We would have expected a blessing over a crowd to emphasize its size, its mass, human beings in their collectivity a crowd is a group large enough for the individuality of the faces to be lost yet the blessing stresses the opposite that each member of a crowd is still an individual with distinctive thoughts hopes fears and aspirations the same was true for the relationship between the sages. Amishnah states, when Rabbi Meir died, the composers of fables ceased. When Ben Azai died, assiduous students ceased. When Ben Zoma died, the expositors ceased. When Rabbi Kiva died, the glory of the Torah ceased. When Rabbi Hanina died, men of deed ceased. When Rabbi Yosei Ketanta died, the pious men ceased. When Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakkai died, the lustre of wisdom ceased. When Rabbi died, humility and the fear of sin ceased. In other words, there was no single template of the sage. Each had his own distinctive merits, his unique contribution to the collective heritage. In this respect, the sages were merely continuing the tradition of the Torah itself. There's no single role model of the religious hero or heroine in Tanakh. The patriarchs and matriarchs each had their own unmistakable character. Moses, Aaron and Miriam emerge as different personality types. Kings, priests and prophets had different roles to play in, Israeli, in Israelite society. Even among the prophets, no two prophets prophesy in the same style said the sages. Elijah was zealous, Elisha more gentle, Hosea speaks of love, Amos speaks of justice. Isaiah's visions are simpler and less opaque than those of Ezekiel. The same applies even to the revelation at Sinai itself. Each individual heard in the same words a different inflection. The voice of the Lord is with power, that is, according to the power of each individual, the young, the old, the very small ones, each according to their power of understanding. God said to Israel, Don't believe that there are many gods in heaven because you heard many voices. Know that I am alone am the Lord your God. According to the Maharsha, there are 600,000 interpretations of Torah. Each individual is theoretically capable of a unique insight into its meaning. The French philosopher Emmanuel Levinas commented, the revelation has a particular way of producing meaning which lies in its calling upon the unique within me. It's as if a multiplicity of persons were the condition for the plenitude of absolute truth, as if each person, by virtue of his own uniqueness, were able to guarantee the revelation of one unique aspect of the truth. So that some of its facets would never have been revealed if certain people had been absent from humankind. Judaism emphasizes the other side of the maxim, A e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. It says, out of the one, many. The miracle of creation is that unity in heaven produces diversity on earth. Torah is the rain that feeds this diversity, allowing each of us to become what only we can be. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. You can download a written version of my commentary and explore all my additional content by visiting www.rabbisax.org. This year, we also have an accompanying family edition of Covenant and Conversation aimed at connecting children and teenagers with these ideas and thoughts. For a family edition discussion sheet on this week's parasha, please go to www.rabbisax.org slash ccfamilyedition.